Shar. With a grunt, Eros heaves his bag onto the top bunk. He hops up on the thin mattress, bounces experimentally. It squeaks loud enough that we can hear it over the train's impatient wheezing. I may be changing my mind about taking the top bunk. You want to arm wrestle for it? He falls backwards onto the bed. I'll take that as a no. Besides, if this thing collapses... Yeah, yeah, you would crush me. I toss my own duffel bag onto the bed. All you'd get is an arrow launch. I turn to see Clark in the door of the little hall on the side of the bedroom. If you can call this that. It's more like a cubby with a bunk and two dressers. A thin wall and then a two-foot-wide hallway. I think I'd have to turn sideways to even get through. Heh, <laughs> good one, I say. Half-forcing friendliness. It isn't that I don't like Clark. Sometimes he's just so... sincere. The earnestness of it all makes me itch. That's mean. Whatever. I drop to the floor, tuck my feet under the dresser. What are you doing? He's seriously about to see if there's enough space for him to do sit-ups. And there isn't. That's going to be an issue for me, I grumble. Well, maybe there's more space in your room? What? I snap my head in his direction, still on the ground. Something on my face must spook him. Um, this is my room. Really? Now it's Eris' turn to be shocked. Clark tries to smile and nod through it. My blood starts pounding a little harder in my ears. Why aren't you rooming with, what's his name? Talk. Whatever, yeah, him. Oh, um, I don't know. When I spoke with her, Rebecca just said... Rebecca. Of course, a fucking course. Eros turns to me, effectively boxes Clark out of the conversation. It'll be cool. You'll have your own room. Think of all the physical activity you could do. I'll come hang out. Believe it or not, dude, the reason I want to be in here isn't so I can hear you cry better. He flinches at that. It was mean. I know. This isn't about him, though. It's about my safety. My fucking life. What other reason would Rebecca have for singling me out? I could ask to switch. But I can barely hear him. The thought of her planning something on this weak fucking long trip? What? Would she make it look like an accident? Poison me? Smother me with a pillow? How could she do it without looking guilty? Char? Eros says a hundred miles away. Honestly, I don't give a shit what happens to her. Justice won't do me a lot of good. I'm sure this is just a coincidence. Why would anyone stick you guys together? You don't even like him, I say, remembering Clark is in the room and forgetting at the same time. I don't... not like him, Eros stammers. Convincing. You're being an asshole, he spits. And I know he's right, but he has no idea what it feels like to be so... I need some air, I say, pushing past Clark and leaving him with his new roommate. I stomp down the carpeted hallway. My shoulders brush the wood wall on one side the window on the other. Outside, hot, dirty air is belched from the train's long, unused lungs. There's a loud hissing seething out from somewhere, like the whole train may be filling with water. I can nearly feel my body wet and rising as the cabin fills. My arms splashing, legs kicking, useless. My lips straining to nearly kiss the ceiling, gasping, suffocating. You okay? Apollo stops me, but I channel all my momentum into grabbing him by the shirt. There's a clunk as he drops something heavy, but I'm not paying attention. I pull him close to me, not sure what I'm about to do, how hard I'm about to hit him until I hear my own voice say, How do I get off? Apollo puts his hand on mine, the one dangerously close to tearing his button down. He tries to pry my fingers off. He can't. Instead, he calmly pats my fist and says, Let's get you a glass of... I release him, shoving him backwards as he smacks up against the closed cabin door. It opens. Hera. Shar? What's going on? He's fucking out of his mind. Apollo says, obviously concerned about his newly stretched out shirt more than anything else. He stoops down to pick up his brown leather bag. Also, man, be careful. This bag is important. 
he says, daring me to give a shit about it. And we all stumble a little as the train lurches forward. Apollo falls into Hera, who shoves him off. His face hits the edge of the door. His precious bag goes flying. While they're distracted, I start walking fast towards wherever the back of the train might be, determined to stay in one place by sheer fucking force. I push through one of the heavy doors that separates the cars, step over the rushing, rattling platform that connects this cab to the next. The next car is more cabins, more closed doors. I'm running. It takes me seconds to clear this car, and before I know it, I'm in the next. This one's different. It's more open. There are no walls, just lush stuffed chairs. My sneakers pound onto the ornate rugs hard enough to shake glasses. Exploring already, Sharon? Maybe it's because I'm mid-panic attack or I've got motion sickness, but just the sound of Rebecca's voice makes me want to puke. She's seated at the far end of the room, in the corner. Her drab, thick clothes help to hide her in a dark armchair. Only the hard features of her thin face stick out in the anemic early morning sun. She stands. She's taller than me by maybe an inch, but she probably only weighs as much as my right arm. Her neck is thin, like my wrist. You'd think I could snap it, but... But I can't do anything but stand here and try not to shake. What do you think? She says, coming closer to me. Why did you give me my own room? She blinks, fake surprised. Did I? Huh. Did I, huh? I repeat. Say what you want about Black, but she didn't get off fucking with us. Rebecca smiles at me. Poor Sharon. Always alone. I roll my eyes, determined not to let her know how fast my heart is actually still beating. Ever since you were kids, right? Rhea's always had Hera. Eros had Rhea. Iris had Black. Persephone didn't have anyone. But that didn't bother her like it bothered you. Is that what brought us together in the first place? I cross my arms over my chest. I've had the same chap since I was a kid. Yet it was an easy decision for her to walk away now that things are more... Intense. Whatever. I say, passing a heaving breath off as a sigh. God, what is wrong with me? You know I understand. The Void was about a group of disenfranchised individuals finding meaning. And you were a part of that group. For like a second. For the wrong reasons, clearly. We showered you with praise and attention. But the second you were asked to do something for us... You were asking me to help blackmail the fucking president. Former. She says, simply as she drifts towards a window. She watches for a second as the train glides on. And then, after the shooting, when you had the most to worry about, I don't know if a single person worried about you. Her thin lips crack as they spread. Not even Jeopardy could keep you from being extraneous. Well, Hera... Yes, I'm sure Hera was very concerned with you when Rhea was missing. Do you think she'd be able to help you, out here? She nods towards the thick woods we're approaching. After what you've done... Even Apollo, I mean, his crime was of passion. Yours. Huh. I don't know what they call a crime of cowardice. I didn't do anything! I didn't kill anyone! Keep your voice down. She snaps, and there's a blackness to her eyes that sends a shiver down my spine. What do you want from me? Loyalty. Allegiance. I have no use for someone I can't trust, no matter how young they are. The door creaks open. Hera sticks her head in. Do you... Need me, Char? And I turn back to see Rebecca, eyes just daring me to say yes. I watch Minneapolis shrink in the distance and realize, if I leave this room with Hera, nothing will get any better. There'll still be more panic attacks, more nightmares, more pushing Eros and Rhea away, more making myself lonelier. An easier extraneous target. I'm fine. 
Hera parts her lips to say something else, but I repeat, I'm fine. And she leaves. I wait, listen to the sounds of the train chugging along. Good boy, Sharon. She says, pouring coffee into a mug. Good to know you people can add listening to your very limited skill set. What else would you say is in that set? Rebecca sighs, looking 15 years older. <sighs> Fighting, drinking, smoking, lying, being ungrateful, creating general drama, fucking without procreating. She shakes her head, sips. You make pandas look like reproductive wizards. And with a rush powerful enough to scare me, I realize I've got an idea. I want to take whatever you're too afraid to give Eros. She launches an eyebrow up onto her flat forehead. He told you. Look, you need to win here, and I need to become a little less... extraneous. She considers this. Two successes in under a year would definitely win you some loyalty more valuable than mine. The side effects are terrible. Depression, sleep deprivation, rage... I don't know, Sharon. It's dangerous. Sounds like a Tuesday to me. She studies me for a moment while I enjoy feeling just a little in control. For the first time in months, I feel strong. No one's body can do what mine can. She knows that. She extends a shriveled hand. I take it, shake, squeeze too hard, and smile. Persephone. I have my own car. It's soft in all the wrong places. Every surface, walls, ottomans, you name it, is covered in a light blue chintz, as delicate and subtle as a hernia. They've stuffed the room with potted plants, maybe to distract me, maybe because this last car has the best light. But the entire effect, the rogue greens intruding on the faux rococo prints, is something I think I'll prefer in the dark. I guess it's better than the rest of this aluminum-plated nightmare. Even though the outside of the train is metal, the inside is lined with dark, shiny wood. It feels like the inside of a coffin. I might even prefer a corpse to the teal curtains, dull purple couches and chairs. I didn't ask for privacy. They just assumed. Assumed what? That I wouldn't want to share with Rhea? that Rhea wouldn't want to share with me. Could have been fun, in a standard sort of way. Would have made Eros's visits a lot more high stakes. I did have half a second of worry Clark would tell her, but then I realized even if he did, she wouldn't want to believe him. With all the time they spent together, all the sloppy conversations, do you really believe Eros never let anything slip about Iris? There was never an alibi he tripped over? A smell on him no intoxication could hide. Rhea must have had to do some serious, magical thinking to ignore what was going on. And even if Rhea did find out, what's going on between me and Eros isn't sexual. Ew. No. We just lie down together. He needs someone to wrap his lanky arms around. It happens to be me. The first time it happened, it was right after we found out I was carrying. He came over looking for Apollo, and he reeked of vodka. I, in a charitable mood, asked if he was okay. He said, totally, about 
three seconds before he collapsed into a sobbing, heaving mess. I was initially disturbed. The guards were freaked out, but the last thing Eros needed was to get detained for anything, so I just had him stay in my room for a few hours. He slowly sobered up, and for a while we sat on the floor and talked about nothing. Rebecca, the weather, we'd only just found out about Hera's thing. We were only ten when the fanfare around Hera and Apollo was at its peak. She glowed. She was kind and beautiful and magnetic. Just being around her then, you couldn't help but think, of course, of course this is the person to save us all. I told Eros the truth then, that I was worried no one felt that way about me. Hera was surrounded every second of every day by people who just wanted to breathe the same air, laugh at the same jokes. But me? No one wants to really be around me. Even here at the back of the fucking train, I'm not the savior anyone pictured. No one looked at me and thought this was the way things were supposed to go. How could they? I don't, I confessed to him that night. Eros's glossy eyes gazed at me over his third cup of black coffee, and he smiled and said, Nah, you're not a savior. You're a warrior. Not someone to save humanity, but someone to fight for it. It was stupid. <laughs> like, whatever. But at the time, it's what I needed to hear. And maybe... Maybe I thanked him for being so nice with a hormonal tear or two. However small, it opened up the floodgates for him again. But this time it wasn't unrestrained, messy sobbing. It was pure pain. I didn't know what to say. I just embraced him. He leaned into me, clumsily still seated on the floor. After a time, he asked me what I was going to name them. It took me an embarrassingly long time to realize he was talking about the baby. I told him I didn't know, but was open to suggestions. And so our secret friendship began. Ugh, I swear, if Apollo has already found... Oh. Hi. Hey there. I'm staring up at Talc. His head is tipped a little to the side. Clark isn't here, I say, a little annoyed. Something about this guy I don't like. Maybe it's his frankness, the kind of tactless candor that is neither funny nor virtuous. Oh, I know. I just wanted to see you. See what I mean? At least dignify me with a lie. Pretend to be intimidated by me like everyone else. Okay. I say flatly. I lay all of my irritation into my delivery because I know he can't see my face. He cocks his head to the side a little, pushes his dark glasses up his nose. I like the train. Hard to get lost. 
I've got a 50-50 shot heading in the right direction. He leans against a window, unaware of the trees huddled together against the cold outside. Haven't seen much of it, was actually going to look around. Yeah, must be nice to be on your own again. And he leans in close. No security guards back here. I blink, trying to read what he means by that through his accent. Can he know how close he is to my face? Especially with how important you are. Would never want anything to happen to you. He reaches out and touches my arm, lightly. Then he leans back out. If you need anything, anytime, let me know. There's a sinking feeling in my stomach. A familiar dread, but not something I've felt in a while. And I realize he reminds me of someone. My first chaperone. Just the tone, the touch. Without apologizing, I push past him and walk swiftly down the narrow hall of the next car. I steady my shaking hands, rub them on my skin, trying to erase the goosebumps that have broken out. It's stupid. I know rationally Hermes is hopefully languishing on some oil rig in the Pacific Ocean, suffering. My brain teases the memory of him, always hovering over me critiquing me in a way that sounded like a compliment, keeping me up too late to just talk with him, always touching my hair, always, always touching me, finding any excuse. Nothing ever happened, like things have happened to other people. Really, I I was lucky. I came home one day to find Hera, Apollo, and Black waiting for me, telling me calmly Hermes would not be returning to our house. I don't know what they knew or how they could possibly tell how I felt around him, but I didn't care. I was so relieved I threw up. For the first time, I wonder if he knows about me now. He must. I pinch myself hard, bring myself back to reality. Talc is not Hermes. He is not him. But it is, I suppose, good to remember they can all be him. (laughs) I have no desire to go back to my room. Instead, I'll go find Clark. Explain what I need to about Eros, then we'll move on to Rhea matters. I think I'll enjoy his company. How... Quick he is with jokes, how he hangs on my every word. Yes, that will calm me down. The train is fine, I think, as I walk through the cars. Not so bad as the afternoon sun has grown stronger. Tacky isn't the worst sin I could imagine. Besides, it could be worse. The 70s, for example. A small library car, a few stuffed chairs, a dining car padded with rich carpet and seven green leather booths toward the front of the car and in place of the eighth is ah a bar I stop Hera leans over Apollo 
one of his hands on some ugly bag and the other holding a bottle of rubbing alcohol. Hera is dabbing a small cut on his cheek with a white napkin. She's got a first aid kit on the bar top beside her. She shakes her head, looks into his eyes, the expression on her face hard to read. You're the only one, Hera says. He holds her gaze, knowing when he breaks it, whatever moment this is will end. But what will happen next, I wonder? He takes his hand off the bag and places it on hers. And what is going to happen next becomes all too clear. This is such bullshit. Rhea ostracizes me for just being around Apollo and doesn't care that her own sister is running around with him. I will need to pass them to journey on and I might as well make an entrance. Don't mind me. I slam the door. Hera jumps four feet back from Apollo, guilty and flustered, knocking the first aid kit to the ground. Purse, I was just, nope, no need to explain, but I must say, I am extremely disappointed in you. She bites her lip, mortified. Apollo does nothing leans casually. I push through to the next car and smack right into Rhea. I jump. Hey, hey, are you okay? Of course I am. Um, all right. She eyes me wearily, tucks a strand of hair behind her ear. What? I snap. She sighs. Nothing. I brush by her just as she asks, do you know what the dinner situation is? Rhea, master of priorities. I don't even answer, but walk into the next car with unshakable, fierce confidence. A warrior. Rhea. I'm not having fun, and I'm definitely not having dinner. I think as yet another spoonful of soup falls back into the bowl. Hera, having decided to stick to bread long ago, leans back in her chair. I fucking hate trains, I say, whipping the spoon across the empty dining car. Rhea? Who serves soup on a train to people who have zero experience riding trains? Yeah, really rude of them to not give you a course, she says. Sorry we're not all in Terminator good shape. She shrugs. It's only slightly shakier than normal ground. Besides, I've seen you drink a bottle of bourbon and then scale a building. On a fire escape, I say. And besides, I'm weak with hunger. I throw my head back theatrically, playing up my crankiness because I know secretly Hera loves it. Pick up the spoon, Rhea. Really, secretly, I stand. Are you actually going to do it? She asks, genuinely shocked. Only because I need the practice walking on this thing, I answer. And she smiles a little, shakes her head. I walk to the area I think the spoon landed in, drop to my knees to look for it under the tables. It's a little too dark in here to see. It's around 11 p.m., so it's pretty dark, and everyone else has gone to sleep, or gotten bored and gone to their rooms. Given our day with almost no structure, none of us really have had a clue what to do with our time including Eros and his new haircut. 
Oh, what are you, letting go of your curls and letting go of the past? Cool symbolism, bro. Doesn't even look good. I can't believe she hasn't taken any cooking or cleaning staff along. I grumble, very conscious of how many complaints I'm racking up. It is weird, Harris says. Do you think we'll pick them up at the Winnipeg checkpoint or... Aha, I say, finally locating the spoon. I have a feeling she's not letting anyone else on this train. And I think it's so weird she refuses to tell us exactly what city we're going to. He's keeping us confused on purpose. I look at her, puzzled. It's a very me thing to say. I just think we should be careful who we trust. Hmm. Interesting. Suddenly, I drop to the ground, try and push the weight of my body up with my arms. Nope. Not gonna happen. Rhea, what are you doing? Making sure we didn't switch bodies, which we definitely did not. A push-up was your go-to test? Well, I couldn't find anyone's ass to kiss. She flings her spoon at me. Hey! Rhea, can you just promise you'll be careful? <laughs> Says the woman who just tried to impale me with a but I stop joking when I see how seriously she's looking at me. What? I think Rebecca is more dangerous than we thought. She killed Dion. She covered up Iris's murder. How much more dangerous can she be? Forget it. Are you kidding? Hera, you can't just drop this. I should tell you something. She leans forward, a deep crease forms between her brows, which only happens when she's about to tell me something bad. I get to my feet, holding the spoon like I'm ready to fight someone off with it. Hera, I've been spending some time with Black. What the fuck? I didn't tell you because I knew you wouldn't understand. She lied to us all about everything for years and years. What don't you understand? I see that just before I realize, without knowing the truth, she can't understand. She also worked really hard at making life better. For who? Because it sure as hell wasn't me, or Eros, or Iris, or Char, or Purse, fuck Clark. For people who don't exist yet, she says unbelievably. What about me and you? I think she was doing the best she could. Some things are more important than who Eros was sleeping with. My jaw and the spoon drop. Is that really the worst thing Hera thinks Black did? Even if she doesn't know everything, she knows more than that. I'm sorry, Rhea, I didn't mean that. I just sometimes get frustrated with you and your... I think you have a tough time understanding that Black has been around my entire life. She was someone I trusted, even if things were bad. She was always the person moving my life forward. She was not warm or kind, but she taught me about purpose. I feel nauseous and my legs shake, and it isn't from the fucking train. I'm so sorry I kept this from you, but... She's the one who told me to be careful about this trip. 
Did she tell you anything else? The crease between her eyes disappears. Instead, her brows rise in concern. No, no, she didn't. Is there something else I should know? No, I respond way, way too quickly. Rhea, if there's something you're keeping from me, you don't have to. There's nothing I can't help you handle, except, you know, push-ups. She smiles at me, and I nearly scream, scream that I'm sorry, that she was never pregnant, that it was all a lie orchestrated by fucking Black for some good PR, and that I've kept it from her because I'm selfish and scared and love her so, so much. I drop into a chair, put my face in my hands, listen to the glasses rattle in their cases. <sighs> I take a breath so ragged and deep, Hera rushes over, drapes her arm over me, places her other hand on my head and whispers, what is it, Rhea? Tell me and I'll fix it. I drop my hands, but I keep my eyes pressed tight. I can't look at her when I say this. Hera. I, I messed up, and I'm sorry. Rhea, I feel her turn my face towards hers. Rhea, look at me. And I do, because maybe seeing her when she hears this is my punishment for hiding this for so fucking long. But then, looking into her mahogany eyes, watching as they nervously flick over my face, like the source of my anguish is a blemish she can find and pop. She nurtures, it's her identity. I hear her own word from before in my head. Purpose. Her whole life she has believed it is her job to take care of someone like me because of the other someone that never was. I, um, <laughs> I kissed Clark. What? I'm a fucking coward. I'm a merciful fucking coward. When we were away, I got carried away, but I ran away. Like, I physically fled the room and have refused to talk about it with him since. But sometimes... I guess I still flirt with him, even though I know that it's fucked up, and I, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I tell her, and isn't that the fucking truth? That's, um... She sits back, relieved, maybe kind of annoyed. That's messed up, Rhea. I mean, I thought you knew some stuff, but running away is mean. Mean? Yeah. Mean, but whatever, Rhea. I feel like boy drama isn't a big deal, comparatively. Maybe it's anger at her, or maybe it's at myself, but something about that? That gets under my skin instantly. Yeah, God forbid I worry about anything besides saving the species. That, that is not what I meant. That's exactly what you meant, because you don't think I give a shit about the cause, or do you, Rhea? Because you have a real opportunity here to change the world, but all you're doing is worrying about Eros when you're not using poor Clark to make him jealous. Who the hell said I was doing that? <laughs>
You asked me why you kissed him, why you flirt with him. This seems like a pretty good theory, Rhea. First of all, no, I did not ask you. Second, I can feel stuff about Eros and Clark separately. Hera shrugs, bored. Rhea, is this really all that's going on? Why doesn't anything matter unless it happens inside of my uterus? In the past few months, I've had to fuck three guys, one of whom is a murderer, in this endless, dehumanizing cycle, and that alone would be bad enough if it wasn't just a sped-up version of the last eight years of my life. I can't lie down on my back without spreading my legs, and we never talk about it. None of us. Why? Because of this. Why do you think you could only fall in love with Apollo? Why do you think I can't separate sex and friendship? Because they fucked all of us up, Hera. And thanks to Persephone, they don't have to be sorry. Rhea, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to make you feel like this. And now she's apologizing to me. And I feel worse than I thought possible. Have you talked to Rebecca about this? What? No. Oh, okay. Because, uh, knock, knock. We both turned to see Clark and Talc standing by the door of the car. We were just in the car over, heard yelling. Kinda late for dinner. Do you ladies like poker? Talc says, Hera and I eye each other nervously. How about a walk, Rhea, in uh, whichever of two directions you prefer? Yes, I say, and stomp off towards the head of the train. We pass through the two other sleeping cars in silence. My head is spinning, my heart is pounding, and I'm mad at Hera, but I'm really mad at Rebecca, and I'm furious with myself. What is this? I say, emerging into the next car. Believe it's a lounge? can't think of another reason why there'd be a stage in here, unless you think Rebecca will be having us audition for Les Mis. More of a cat's guy myself. Oh, I say, still a little too heated to laugh. Can we keep moving? Sure. I take a step forward, but he cuts me off. It's weird. It's not very Clark-like to lead, but whatever. We clearly have bigger things to worry about. So, if we're coming from the lounge, that means we have the kitchen car, obviously uninhabited. Don't know if we've had the soup, but it's dreadful. Uh, then two crew cars, one of which I believe is housing Rebecca, the other, a limited security staff. Beyond those, you have uh, just the engine, really. He pushes the door open and does, in fact, reveal the kitchen car. He turns, wiggles an eyebrow at me confidently. We could get to the engine room, but we need to go outside. A little chilly, but... Wait, you went outside? On that thin little railing? You'd be surprised what a man's capable of when he's craving adventure. Really? And also maybe hiding from his new chaperone. Now that, I believe. I look back over my shoulder towards the dining car where we left Hera and Talc. Guess, um, this is about as far as we go, then. Maybe not. He smiles and leads me into a small space at the front of the car. 
He slides open a door, revealing a toilet and a sink. Whoops, sorry, wrong one. And then he slides open a second door, this one hiding a set of steep, narrow stairs. He boldly marches up them. Who is this person? I follow, understandably confused. Pretty cool, huh? Wow. I breathe, looking up at the glass-domed ceiling. A few trees reach out over the car, but for the most part, they just frame a brilliant, deep indigo sky full of more stars than I could have imagined. The rest of the car is occupied by a large figure eight of couches. I fall back onto one. Just find the lights. No, 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 don't. Let's just um, do this for a second, please. I can just make out him shrugging in the darkness. He sits beside me. The couch sinks under his unfamiliar weight. We stare up for a few moments of silence, breathing, listening to the train rattle on, the wind outside steadily complaining, stars high above, blissfully unaware of the last humans below, arguing and throwing spoons across train cars. Are you okay? Well, Hera, wait, 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 your thing. We gotta do your thing. I haven't seen you since, I mean, look, Clark, I'm sorry. I was, it was fucked up of me too. It's okay. Yes, it was not the best decision you've made, but I understand what you were trying to do, Rhea. I just, I'm scared of coping. I've seen what it's done to you and your relationships. Ours is different because we've never had sex. That is going to change, but this doesn't have to if you don't want it to. Clark, thank you for saying that. Kinda exactly what I needed to hear. I laugh a little. Still don't know who this person is, but I'm taking any and all understanding right now. Sure. And I'm sorry if I made you feel like crap about Eros. I just, I think you deserve so much more than what he's giving you. He sighs, short. His annoyance is familiar and something inside me warms up, which is why I'm so very excited to be his roommate. Maybe you guys will become friends. Don't hold your breath. He doesn't trust me as far as he can throw Char on. All right, now let's do it. Let's do your thing. It's Hera. Yeah, things sounded a bit intense. I couldn't possibly tell him the specifics of the argument because He's being understanding, but I'm not ready to unload 23 years of intimacy issues on him. Rebecca, hold on. I'm sorry, if we're going to get into that, we should make sure this glass thing is secure, or at least empty. Fair, and we both pop up to look for the light switch. Maybe it's a clapper. What is that? A sound-activated light. It sounds completely made up. I start clapping as I walk around the couches. It's working really well. Hey, a girl can dream. Why would they pick clapping? Why not just ask politely? That is so British. I, I trip over something in the dark, land hard on my knees. 
Fuck me, what was... Clark finally snaps the lights on. Oh my god. What? But then I see what it was I tripped over. Or who? Apollo's battered frame lies in the middle of the car, his face badly bruised and bloodied, his right eye is swollen beyond recognition, and his nose is bent at an angle you don't see in nature. I crawl over to him, my shoe trailing blood from where it collided with him. I wince when my hand lands on something sharp, a few of his teeth. Apollo, I whisper, reach out to touch his head. His gold hair is dark and damp. I pull away. Raya, Clark croaks, but I ignore him because Apollo is still breathing.